Welcome to this Burlington Audio Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and inspired in your faith as you listen to this message. We'd love to hear what you think. Please be in touch with us through the website. More information and many more podcasts are all at burlingtonbaptist.org.uk. Thanks for listening. Um, if you picked up uh, where the boy says, I do believe in you, I'm just not afraid of you. And I think that's really kind of the overarching theme, theme of today. And uh, thank you, Linda, for just reading that um, famous verse so, so brilliantly. It's just great when, you know, when somebody reads it in a different way and takes their time over it. You just pick different parts out of it. Um, a couple of years ago at Spring Harvest, um, I heard a guy called Simon Ponsonby who just kind of reminded us that when we become a Christian, that we are ultimately put into the front line of a battle. Now, new Christians are not always told this, and sometimes even older Christians are not always told this. So it's good right here and now just to remind ourselves that actually we are in a battle, and we've become a target. Um, The church, as well as being a school and a family and a hospital, is also in Scripture an army. And this army is to advance and not to retreat. There's a classic uh, there when, when Jesus talks uh, to Peter that even uh, the gates of Hades will not, will not prevail. Now, people see that as kind of uh, the, the, the evil coming against the gates, as in fact, in Scripture, it's actually the other way. It's um, the gates prevailing against the evil, so moving, to, moving against them. And the war is not, there's no front line really. It's 360 degrees. It's all around us. And there are no longer just any cooks or drivers. We're all involved. We're all soldiers. And our enemy likes to ambush us just as we're trying to rest and relax. So today I just want to share some insights and practical things that myself and Joe and other friends have discovered in our, in our walk so far. So who is the enemy? How does he fight? And what does he want? So part of that Ephesians 6. Well, first of all, it's the devil and it's his schemes. It's not against flesh and blood. It's not against people. It's against the devil or Satan. And what does he want to do? He wants to steal your joy. He wants to kill your hope. He wants to destroy your dreams, your marriage, your relationships. He's the father of lies. He's a tempter. He's a coward. And he doesn't fight fair. He's also the accuser. So in 2 Corinthians 2 verse 11, it talks about, for we are not unaware of his schemes. So we need to know. I'm not going to give him much airtime because I don't really want to, but we need to be aware of his schemes. And Jesus sums this up brilliantly in John 10.10, one of my favorite um, verses. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But then Jesus ends this brilliantly because he says, but I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And that's us. So it's this good news today. This is good news. So this uh, verse in particular is really good to use um, as a test to see if you are under attack. If you are feeling that things are being stolen from you, killed in you, destroyed, then it probably is. Basically, if you don't, haven't been, if any of us haven't been in a spiritual struggle recently or we're not in one at the moment, then the chances are that we've already been taken out by him. Now, no soldier fights all the time. 
Every soldier needs some R&R. So we're not called to be constantly fighting. And despite maybe uh, seeing my good friend, I know she's not here today, Bella. Bella is a great prayer warrior and a prayer fighter. But even Bella needs rest. But if we haven't been fighting recently, or we haven't been in a struggle recently, then we may have been rocked to sleep, as Simon's talked about in the past, a long time ago. We're not a threat any longer to his kingdom. This can sound like a really nice, safe place to be. However, what it means, and this is the challenge here, what it means is we may, we're not growing spiritually. We're not actively bringing the kingdom of God into situations. We're not taking part in the Great Commission to make disciples of all nations. And we have to question too whether that we are loving God with all our heart, soul and mind and strength. This is a challenge. And this is a challenge to each and every one of our hearts. And I know there's degrees because we are all on a lifetime's journey. But it's always good every now and then to just take stock and to ask people who are really close to us about this. What else does he do? He uses our past to condemn us. He uses our human nature, uh, sometimes called in, uh, in, in Scripture the flesh, which he studied for years. He doesn't know us, our future, but he has studied human nature. Although, by this very nature, we're perfectly well to mess this up on our own. We don't always need him. He uses temptations and circumstances. However, as we've sung about, God uses this as well. And men, I'm sorry to say, that we set the spiritual temperature in our households. And I've, and I've noticed this. When I'm grumpy, I can make the whole house much grumpier than if anybody else is just grumpy in our house. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. And sooner or later, the whole family starts to drift or finds it ten times harder to honor Jesus. He wants to stop us loving the Lord our God with all our heart, our mind, our soul and strength. He wants to stop us making disciples of all nations. He wants to keep us from acting and believing that he that is in us is greater than he that is in the world. He wants to make us doubt that we are the apple of God's eye. He wants to prevent us from believing and using that power and authority that we have in Jesus. And we do. Just like that child in the video, we have that power. And it doesn't have to be a, a mighty strength. It's all about the, the, the assurance that we have in our heart. So what might something like this look like? So, so for example, uh, you decide to step out for Jesus. You think, I'm just fed up with this. I need to, I need to just... Um, bring God's kingdom here. Usually, this is our experience, within a week, something will happen after you've done this. Not on the first day. Personally, I never get, it, never get uh, an attack on the first day. It's usually a day later. But after the victory, you can guarantee that there'll be, there'll be something come against you. It could be that your joy starts to be eroded by circumstances or conversations Someone else in your household starts getting grumpy or angry or sad, frustrated or becomes ill. Because remember, he's a coward. If he can't get to you, he gets to those close to you. But remember, we're not afraid of this. You start getting thoughts such as, is it worth it? Do I need to, I'm going to bother doing this again. Nothing's going right. Or personal thoughts as everyone thinks I'm useless 
or words to that effect. And these are seeds planted by the enemy. Sometimes we do all the hard work for him, just grow them ourselves. We can agree with these things and they actually begin to be fulfilled in the, in, in the spiritual realm as well as our own lives. They'll start to turn to, I'll never be good enough. Or, I always mess up when it comes to this. This is bound to happen to me. Look, it's happened every time. But the good news is we can fight against this and win time and time again. Sometimes it's relentless. But the famous phrase, draw near to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Now many people, and myself included, we remember the bit about resist the devil and he will flee from you. But very often we forget that first part. We're too busy thinking, I've got to resist, I've got to resist. No temptations, nothing like that. But the first and most important part is draw near to God. We can only do it in his power. So how do we stay strong in the Lord and in his mighty power? How do we do it? Well, lifestyle. Lifestyle. First and foremost, we live in community. We will be taken out otherwise. We're not Rambo or the Terminator. <laughs> Much as some of us might think so. Many of us here, though, we feel more weak than that. But there's, oh, there are guys out there who feel like that. And there, are, there is no such thing as a lone Christian that's going to last for long or not be tempted in another way. In Luke 10, verse 3, Jesus says, Go, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. I don't know about you, but I'd much rather be with another sheep, wouldn't you? Or possibly a whole flock. We watch each other's backs. We encourage each other with scripture. And we ask God to speak to others for us. A prophecy. In Ecclesiastes 4, 4 verse 9, it talks about two are better than one. And we, we need to stay connected at all costs. And this is something I've learned especially when you don't feel like it, especially when you, don't want, to, when you want to be on your own. Jo, for example, um, years ago, she even phoned somebody up and gave the phone to me, said, speak to him. <laughs> because she knew it was for my own good. She knew, and, and bless her, it was. It was, and, and absolutely right. Sometimes we need that. So, Get yourself plugged into a community. It can be the men's, uh, men's prayer group. It can be the small group. It's your spouse. This, we often hear a lot about accountability. And sometimes that can feel like a negative word. But this is the positive side of accountability. The positive side is that we are looking out for each other. So we don't always bring up the negative. We bring up, we encourage each other. And we feel good enough to speak to people. And uh, WhatsApp groups are amazing for this. We don't always have to be in the physical room. It's absolutely brilliant. Technology can be used for God's glory and for God's encouragement. Secondly, we put on our armor. Now, I'm not going to go through each of the, uh, each of the armor. I'll, I'll leave you guys to kind of research that yourselves. Um, but all of those um, weapons and armor were put in place, as Paul wrote, to help strengthen yourself in, in the spirit. Just to be aware, though, take steps when you're feeling vulnerable. Now, there's a great mnemonic that uh, somebody else has maybe spoken on before uh, called HALT, H-A-L-T. Always um, trust your decisions and thoughts less when you're hungry 
And that could be physically hungry or spiritually hungry. Angry, lonely, or tired. Watch your thoughts in that, in that season. And generally, when you're speaking for encouragement or accountability, as far as is possible, men speak with men, women speak with women. It avoids all sorts of possible complications. And as our communities grow stronger, so will the attacks. The devil can't stand it. He hates Christians coming together. And we need to prepare for this. We can also take joy in the fact that we are being attacked if our community is strong. It means we're rattling his cage. But these attacks will, will, won't be obvious. They'll slip into our minds again. Especially in community and in groups. You'll get those little thoughts of, oh, I don't know if they really like me. They just do it because I'm in their group. No one talks to me as much as they talk to them. I never get invited to this. We really have to watch this. We really have to watch um, our own thoughts. And we also have to watch that we're so inclusive with everybody. What else do we fight? Well, we've talked about, we're going to talk about the weapons. So in 2 Corinthians 10.4, it talks about the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. So what do we do? We fight back with love. Now, love is not wimpy. <laughs> love is, is loving somebody even though they don't love us back. Love is uh, serving somebody who doesn't acknowledge that or, or, or say thank you. We pray for our enemies and persecutors. And we can only do this through God. We ask God to soften our hardened hearts everybody's heart is hardened in areas and it can grow softer or it can grow harder over seasons and in certain circumstances. And one of our big weapons is to read the Bible and to know it. This is the word of God, the sword of the spirit. If you look at the armor of God uh, later on this week or this afternoon, this is one of the few weapons that's the attack weapon. The rest are usually for defense, protection. But we find scripture and we declare truth and we cut away lies from it. That's why a sword is double-edged. And it reminds us of who we are in God. We're able to recognize that this isn't a spiritual attack and we try and spot it before it takes us out. What can we do? We declare God's truth out loud. We might, find, we might feel a bit weird walking around our house saying scripture but believe me i've learned from experience that it actually works something else i've learned is if you can't sleep at night you're gonna have to get up get up go downstairs or go to the room and pray and ask jesus what it is that's keeping you awake and when he tells you or if he tells you declare against that out loud you don't have to shout it, it just needs to be under your breath and we come against demonic spirits in the name of Jesus out loud until they go. Because they don't always want to go quickly. And we ask God, we ask Jesus to reveal their names to us. Sometimes we get it, sometimes we're not. If not, just declare Jesus' name over it and authority until he tells you. Now this might all sound a bit kind of weird and freaky. But actually, it's all part of, of the battle that we're in. Because, as it says in Scripture, you know, our forces are, against, uh, are unseen. unseen. What else do we do? We praise God through song or Scripture. 
Now, we're not all great singers. We're not all kind of built to enjoy singing. I actually love singing, but I'm no good at it. I love singing. But scripture is praising God. It doesn't have to be through song. And when we praise him, and especially, as I said earlier, when we don't feel like it, the enemy cannot stay. And in Psalm 42, uh, it's worth reading the whole, the whole one. It says time and time again, yet I will praise him. It goes through a list of, I've got this coming against me. I've got this coming against me. Yet I will praise him. We can turn psalms into personal declarations of praise. You can just say, uh, change around the words um, to, to make them personal to you. And we don't always believe what we think, but we do believe what he says in scripture. We need to fight for joy. The, the, the famous phrase in Nehemiah 8.10 8, and, and, and the Ring Collective song, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And this works on a number of levels. Praise, praising God, brings us joy. But by praising God, we also bring God's joy into a situation or an environment we're in. That then gives us the strength to fight. It gives us the strength to persevere. It gives us the love that we need to give to somebody. Now, sometimes we get taken out by the enemy. Sometimes we lose a battle. We're not perfect. And it does happen to all of us. But the important thing is what you do with it that counts. Proverbs 24 verse 16 says, For though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel righteous. I'm not a righteous person. But again, we have to remember part of the armor is the, the breastplate of righteousness. It's not our own righteousness. It's God's righteousness that he's given us. So we are righteous in him. So we get taken out by the enemy or our own worldly desires. Is it game over? It doesn't have to be. What do we do? We repent. Again, a possible another negative word. But repent just means turn back to God. Turn back to your Father. And we confess our sins. And we know that our loving Father will forgive us. He doesn't condemn. We get some medical help. As uh, Simon Kosh uh, said a few weeks ago, from the best spiritual doctor, Jesus will heal us if we let him. Sometimes this takes time. Years, in fact, sometimes. The other good thing is that the devil always shoots himself in the foot because we can come back stronger and even more aware of his schemes. Secondly, as in one of the lines we sung about earlier, in Romans eight twenty-eight, God always brings good out of it. We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. So as I come to a close here, let's just remind ourselves some spiritual truths. First of all, it's not an even battle. In Christ, we have power and authority, just like that child, against all the spiritual realms of darkness. In John sixteen thirty three, in this world, you will have trouble. Now, there's a sermon in that in itself. <laughs> Maybe that's the next one. But take heart, because I have overcome the world, says Jesus. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. James 4, 7. And when uh, Jesus sent out the 72 in Luke ten seventeen 17 uh, to, to proclaim the good news, 
they returned to him. And the 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in in your name. He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I've given authority to you to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. But then he says, however, don't rejoice that the spirits submit to you. Just rejoice that your names are written in heaven. That's the, over, that's the overarching there. And as a side little exercise, he never sent them out on their own. Two by two at least. Always go out with somebody. Now remember, you're a Christian today because someone fought for you. Someone fought for me. I don't know who it is, but I do, I do know there's some people in my family who decided to go to church later in their life. And, I, and it's gradually coming to remind me, I was sent, I, I was sent to Sunday school years and years ago when I was a child. So Christ fought for you as well. So the question is, who are we fighting for? And just remind ourselves, that small child there, it says, I do believe in you. I'm just not afraid of you. We've won. Thank you.